Hi, my name is Sean Shaler. This is my friend Chris Ford, aka The Objective Geek. That's The Objective Geek at YouTube and Objective underscore Geek on Twitter. Got it right this week. I don't even know my own Twitter handle. I think I, uh, it might just be Sean Shaler. I'm not positive. And then my YouTube I think channel it's Sean is Sean Shaler. I think it is. I don't. I don't do anything fancy. So go find us on those places uh, where we also talk Your about website and my website seanchaler.com, uh, where we talk about the exact same stuff that we talk about here, but in a more diverse way. We talk about other things too. Um, I share pictures of my dog, and you do other movie reviews, so everybody has a thing. <laughs> my Twitter is mostly just like random things I watch. My mostly is about Korra or or Avatar, anything, and like DC stuff other random movie stuff i'm a very passive twitter user twitter is my source of news honest to goodness i do really like twitter because because twitter like some people crap on twitter and twitter deserves a lot of crap it does also like i get to (laughs) but like i get to connect with a lot of creators like I, i just had a message with the dragon prince uh one of the directors of the dragon prince who directed i think one of these episodes, I'm pretty sure. Um, his name's really hard to pronounce. Um, <laughs> but uh, he, he was, um, this other guy, Aaron Ehas, was a, who is a writer on Avatar. He's, he's written some great episodes. He uh, tweeted out, like, I just went into a room, and uh, I think his name, Galantzapo? I really can't pronounce his name, sorry. Um, <laughs> I don't have like, it doing up, <laughs> I wish I had my phone here so I could pull it up. <laughs> It was like, I just went in this room, and he's doing some uh, video reference, and it looks like he's yelling at a computer screen or something. And so he tweeted back, like, oh, no, I'm yelling at the pizza guy. <laughs> but, so, you know, video reference. They, <laughs> they, uh, so, so the directors or, you know, whoever might do, like, video reference. So in Avatar, they would actually do out the fight scenes, and they would record it, and they would send that over to Korea. And so they would use that as reference for how the animator is going to animate it. And I've always, I was actually wondering this that day. I'm like, I wonder if other cartoons do that. And he was like, uh, well, for me, you know, I learned from my days on Avatar that it works best doing that. So like Twitter, you get to connect. Like I would never be able to do that on Facebook, but I just send out a tweet into the world to this guy who hit me back on it. So that's really cool. I just, I mean, I like the connecting aspect, of course, but more importantly for me is just the snapshots of everything. If I scroll through Twitter for 10 minutes, I feel like I've learned more than I could in any amount of internet scrolling. Um, Yeah, I can't pronounce that guy's name either, so I'm not going to try, but I think he did a good job. (laughs) Good work on the pronunciation. The the reason I brought up YouTube is because I am so dumb. I've always wanted, always, since we started this podcast, (laughs) I thought... I don't use my YouTube channel a lot. I don't put a lot of stuff up there. It would be great if I could have your videos on my channel just to funnel more views to these, uh, these podcasts and to your other videos. It would make it feel like it was useful somehow. And this whole time I was like, I don't know, I don't know how, to, how to make it like collaborative. I know you can add other collaborators, but not in the way that I wanted it. But it was so easy to do. Yeah. Like. Once I actually just sat down and looked at it, all I had to do was create a playlist on my channel of your videos, like the our videos, but from your channel, <laughs> and I can just put it up on my page. Like it's so easy, 
and I was looking and overthinking it so much and then not actually paying attention. Like it's almost like I was just being lazy and writing it off. Like, no, nah, there's, there's no way that'd be stupid. How could I put Chris's videos on my channel? That'd be dumb. Well, it's not dumb and it's super easy. So now if you go to my YouTube channel, it will also funnel you to these videos. That's pretty exciting. Been looking for a way to do that. Uh, so all one person that comes to my YouTube channel per year uh, will also see our fine work here. So that's my big stuff. Uh, and literally all that I did for like the past two hours was get my, mad at myself for not doing that way sooner. Um, I noticed you had a couple new videos up. You had one that was, what if the moon spirit had been, had been killed forever? Excuse me, what if Zhao had killed the moon uh, spirit forever? And then... Man, can I see your screen right now? And uh, you should be able to. No, no, I can't see it. You can't see it at all? Let me try this again. No. Um, and then the other one was a movie <laughs> review, and I forget what movie review that was. Here, I share my screen. Uh, <laughs> there we go. How about now? Yes. Excellent. Um, yeah, I forget what the movie review was, but there's another movie review on there. Yeah, I have, I have a couple things out there. I don't know. I've been busy for some reason. I have opinions on stuff. Why would <laughs> I do that? Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I have the my what latest video is. Yeah. My latest video is a review on one of my favorite movies of all time, The Last Dragon. It is like a cult movie. It's not necessarily a great movie, but I love it. And so it's on Netflix right now. It just got uh, released there. So I just wanted to review it and throw it out into the universe. Then uh, I reviewed the Captain recent Captain Marvel trailer, which is actually doing pretty good. It actually has 89 views. I don't know if people like people reviewing trailers. But I just had a thought about it. There's, there's some things that I hate about Marvel movies that I go over in that one. And then I have, yeah, the video that most people will probably be, maybe get something actually out of was the uh, What If Avatar video of what if Zhao permanently killed the moon spirit? Because, um, you know, the moon, Zhao kills the moon spirit, but then the moon spirit comes back and just like, what ramifications would it actually have? It shall write with a help the foundation, would it harm it? So I go over that. Uh, so I watched it. And my favorite part was honestly just seeing the clip of Iroh being, again, the greatest character in this entire series by pointing out something yes. very important. Yeah, you know, I won't spoil it. But anyway, go watch that video. And just one more reason to love Iroh, if nothing else. So, uh, hey, nice video, Chris. I, oh, my latest stuff. I haven't put anything else new up. I put our stuff up. Hey, that was what I meant to say or when I meant to say that I got your videos on my channel. And finally, holiday schedule. I don't know if I'm going to be able to squeeze in another video before the holidays, because next week we have several parties to go to, and I am going to try to do one other video uh, with uh, my friend Aaron, who I, do vi who I do video game videos with sometimes. I'm going to try to do one with him next week. So I'm not positive I'll be able to get in another Avatar video. So this may be the last one before the holidays. Well, luckily, it's a two-for-one, so... It is, and it is not a two-for-one in the sense of a to-be-continued episode, which we score together. <laughs> this is very important. We're statistical people. We're analysts. Uh, two-for-one, the to-be-continueds we've been scoring together. These were just sticking two videos in the same podcast and scoring them separately. That's going to be important when we start doing top ten lists and crazy things like that. It's not important yes. right now. So, uh, well, with that, let's go ahead and get to any type of cleanup if there was any i think it was a pretty clean episode last time about the fortune teller 
Yeah, I can't think of anything. Uh, it was it was a fairly clean video, all things considered. And with that, my synopsis of is this the fortune teller? Am I even thinking of the right one? Yeah, it's a fortune teller. Uh, yeah, that was one before this. I keep wanting to think of the blue spirit because I like that episode so much more. But no, the one before this is the <laughs> fortune teller, where they go obviously have their fortunes told by this village by this lady in this village full of extremely superstitious people who are insane and. <laughs> As we pointed out several times, while the story in that episode is is fine, it doesn't necessarily uh, move any of the plot along. It could fit anywhere. I shouldn't say it doesn't move the plot. It could fit literally anywhere in the series. So as far as a synopsis, not much to say other than that they have their fortunes told, and there's a lot of decent humor, and it has a nice, exciting ending. And now that brings us to this episode, where it begins with them stumbling on a knife or a weapon. It's kind of a knife, isn't it? It's like a knife with a hooked handle. And a hatchet? Yeah, kind of a hatchet knife thing um, that Sokka recognizes. And I'm going to go ahead and let you take it from here. Yeah, so uh, Sokka finds this. And I do think this is a good Sokka episode. Oh, definitely. Um, so Sokka finds, yeah. So Sokka finds this, uh, yeah, that knife or the hatchet, whatever you want to call it. And... He can just gauge from how the trees are, the burn scars, like the footprints that there was a fight. That not only that, that he could say that our water tribe members ambush these firebenders, and then like, and then yeah, that's what happens. And then they find a no ship, and then they come across Bato, one of their dad's old friends, who his dad uh, went off to war with, but Bato was left behind because he was injured. And they sort of left him in this monastery full of nuns who conveniently, yeah. <laughs> very conveniently, <laughs> very make convenient. perfume to uh, to support their monastery, their, uh, their convent. I think I said monastery. I guess it would be a convent type of thing. Yeah. And then all I can think of when Sasaka goes through this bit where he's he's very, as you mentioned, adeptly sort of recounting the fight, sort of tracking it in a way. And it kind of made me think of the mm-hmm. movie The Princess Bride when Humperdinck's like going through all the motions of the sword fight. <laughs> Between Inigo and Wesley. Uh, I might <laughs> disappoint people. I've never seen The Princess Bride. What? what? <laughs> For real? Uh, yeah. I... Just never. I know you would disappoint people, and that's it's fine. People can be disappointed. I will say the reason I think you need to watch it is because it is one of the better movies of a very narrow niche. It's not like I think it's one of the best <laughs> movies of all time. But it has sort of its own unique, indescribable genre. Like there's just not a lot of other movies that fit this genre. And so obviously, is it like sounds like sounds like The Last Dragon? You... Maybe, maybe. Have you uh, watched it? I watch, would say the difference. In my, I haven't in seen my review. In my review, because usually like I put movies in the genres, and I have weights, and each movie within that genre are have the same weight, so they're all treated the same. But I when I got to Last Dragon, I was like, I don't know. What the heck to put, to, to put this in? Because it's a comedy, but it has action. But it also has story. But it's like a kung fu movie. <laughs> the last like, and so I just took a straight is average. The same genre as the Princess Bride. Who knew? <laughs> yeah. I, well, I've never seen it, so I'll watch it if you uh, if you watch the Princess Bride. It is one of I'll my get around favorite. to it. It is one of my favorite movies. I've heard it. I've heard it quoted all the time. And it's probably overdone and overkill. Like it's 
it's not an amazing movie. Kind of like you said about the, the Last Dragon. It's not an amazing movie. Just one that a lot of people tend to like. It must have hit hit people the right way when it came out because it's very popular. And uh, yeah, you should definitely watch it. Just uh, just because it is such a unique, indescribable yeah. genre of a film. So yeah. Anyway, um, that was a long team. <laughs> well, yeah. we said this part was gonna be short. Um, yeah, we're oh, one to thing I did love episode. about. One thing I did love about uh, Sokka, Sokka had a quick flashback to when his when his dad left, um, and so that's why I said this is a really great Sokka episode. We kind of dive a little bit more into Sokka's backstory, which is a clear departure from when we first met him. Like he was so far from that, but you get why he was that way because his dad sort of like left him, and Sokka like, has to prove himself and save the village and protect it. Jumping ahead, but two good Sokka episodes back to back here, I think actually. So um, they they see Bato in the convent and they start sitting around and Bato's getting all nostalgic with Katara and Sokka. And there's a good chunk of the episode that passes with them making a, making a point to like neglect Aang. <laughs> and so I'm going to say it's a, good, it's a good like 10 minutes. I don't think they're episode. making a point. It's they, like this is make it one very of... clear that he is being excluded, I think. I think that's the way Aang feels. But I feel like Aang, like Aang feels like the whole world evolves around him, which it, in a way it does. Like not many characters, obviously, <laughs> not many characters can, can say that, but the world does kind of evolve around Aang. Like if Aang doesn't do something, the world will go to hell. Like, <laughs> if... <laughs> uh, well, but, uh, well, but no, I, I think, I think they just see like an old friend and that they haven't seen in two years, and so they're just kind of more infatuated with him than than Aang. Sincerely more infatuated. So they go through, and they're telling all these stories, and then they're going to go through this ice dodging that uh, because the because war started, and the, um, why can't I think all of a sudden, Sokka's dad had to leave before he had this sort of coming-of-age ceremony. Uh, Bato's yes. like, you know what? I'm going to take you ice dodging right now, which I think is kind of disrespectful to Sokka's dad, but whatever. <laughs> so, Oh, it's, it, I think it's great. It's like it's, his dad might die. You never know. But if, this is like, it's all, he's already dead almost. Like I'm going to do this ritual with you. That's reserved for fathers and sons, even though we're just kind of buddies, <laughs> ah, whatever makes me. But Sokka's, Sokka's like, what, like a year. So, like it's, he should have had it a long time ago. And, I actually like that moment. Ah, oh, that one. I like the, the scene. I I hate the moment that leads to it. But anyway, uh, they go ice dodging together, and Sean gets mad. So Chris is going to finish this part of the story, I guess. <laughs> uh, so yeah. So even though we sk- we skip over the Zuko and Iroh and June stuff. Um, oh yeah, we did. And oh, also know, the yeah, also we the. Did. <laughs> Sorry, my bad. Um, no, you're fine. So anyway, so we'll, we'll go with the Zuko and Iroh stuff. Um, June, they meet this bounty hunter named June who has like this mole who can has really great sense of smell, can smell any person on the on the whole planet, and she can track them. Um, so then Zuko and Iroh hire her to catch Ang, essentially. And Iroh is also infatuated with her in like a creepy old man kind of way. I yes, think. he is. Not a great Iroh episode, <laughs> <laughs> or a great one. I don't know. Depends uh, no. on depends on where you're coming from. Yeah, I guess so. He does. I do like the part where he's like, "We'll pay your weight in gold," and she's like, "Make it your weight, and we got a deal." Yes, make it your weight. 
and he takes that, that is great he takes that in uh, in good humor so that's good <laughs> yeah um so yeah so then bato tells them like hey i'm actually um waiting for a letter from your father and then when i get that letter i'll meet up with him you guys to come with me so while they're talking about this ang and I mean, they're really excited about like, yeah, we can meet dad and stuff. And then Aang leaves before they're like, no, we can't. Um, you know, we have to take Aang to North Pole. You know, he has to learn water bending. Conveniently, Aang gets leaves this... before he hears that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Aang, so Aang goes off by himself. Uh, the deliverer, messaging guy, gives him a letter. And this is. This is the most frustrated I've ever been with Aang. This is my least favorite Aang episode. Like, people like to crap on Korra a lot, I think, especially compared to Aang. But I think this is the worst thing either one of them has ever done. Like, this is a connection to their father who went off to war that they haven't seen in like a couple of years. And you're just going to like ball that up because you're so insecure and lonely that you can't have your friends make a choice for them. We, we're not supposed like, to be spending time talking about this episode. We're supposed to be moving on to one. But damn it, you're going to make me yeah. talk about it. I <laughs> I agree this is the worst thing that either one of them has done. But there isn't there is an age difference. And it's, gosh, it's funny. The one thing that I at least can appreciate about this episode is this is one of those things that everybody does as a kid in, in a sense of we all did those things that we look back on now and we just, we absolutely cringe. They're completely cringeworthy. And you, like, lose sleep at night over this stupid stuff he did as a kid for no good reason whatsoever. So if there is one redeeming quality I found in this whole episode, it's like, this is one of those Aang moments. Like, he might be the Avatar, but he still had a childhood full of these weird, awkward, stupid things that later he's going to be like, I don't even... (laughs) Do I deserve to be the Avatar? So it's weird that I actually found that part to be engaging in an after-school sort of special sort of way. Uh, not in the way that's interesting to me now because it just brings up all my own cringeworthy, horrible memories that I don't want to relive. But at least all I'm saying is consider the age gap, though, between Aang and Korra and the fact that we all did really, really stupid stuff uh, when we were... What what is Aang? I forget how old Aang is supposed to be. Is he supposed to be 12? He's 12. 12. So what grade was it? 6th grade, maybe? Korra. Is that right? Yeah, I guess so. Korra 17, when the series starts. And so it, let's, uh, you know, what, let's say this: the uh, on both sides, they are portrayed in their ages very well, very well. I will still say, Aang pissed me off more than Korra ever did. That's fine. This is definitely the most embarrassing thing either <laughs> one has ever done. I will give that to you. But we don't get to see I mean, Korra I... during her during her tw- age twelve. Years, <laughs> so, I mean, I will say, like, yeah, no, I still don't like it. <laughs> no, that's fine. Totally yeah. fine. Yeah. Anyway, so if we get to the ice dodging thing, and it's very ceremonial. Like they have different positions. Like here, Aang, you're you have to be here because we have to trust you with holding this. I don't know this boat thing, boat term. The the steering <laughs> um, wheel thing in a jig. I don't know what it's called. Either. Yeah. Um, and then so after they get through like the the rocks and stuff, and Sokka passes this uh, this ceremony, like Bato. You know, grease them all with the some type of marking. It's like uh, Sokka the wise, Katara the brave, and Aang the trusted. And then he's like, "No, I'm not." And then he admits to them that he took the note. They get all pissed off at him, rightfully so, I think. Very much. <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> and leave. And like even Katara leaves. 
Because, um, yeah, like I said, it, it, it made me mad also watching this episode. Totally justified. Um, and again, important to remember that if Aang had just stayed long enough to hear them say, nah, we got to go to the North Pole with Aang, chances are it never happens. And so that's what I like. I don't call that a plot hole. I feel like plot holes are sort of indescribable. This is what I refer to as a plot convenience. <laughs> yeah, I'd say that's the term. Yeah. Yeah, it is a plot convenience. It is not a plot hole, but it's still something that makes me very angry. So um, regardless, they they do they essentially do ditch. They get so mad, they ditch him. They're like, no, we're going to Bato. We're going to meet up with Dad. Uh, yeah, and so the uh, Zuko, Iroh, and Jun is uh, still hunting them, I guess. And so then they, they track Katara's necklace, and they track it, and Aang knows it, because the nun comes up to him and says, like, these people came... Um, and they're tracking like a necklace, so then Aang goes back and pretty much has a has a fight, right? That's pretty much like the episode is that That's pretty close, yeah. So um <laughs> they they do track the and they track the necklace to uh to Sokka and Katara and Aang is not there with them. And so then there's some scene where Zuko's like, do you really expect me to be that stupid, stupid or how stupid do you think I am? And Sokka's like, pretty stupid, run. And then they yeah. run, they run like no, yeah. back to the convent. Like they were going back to the convent. They had already decided, no, we were, were needed most to help Aang. They had already decided that. But now they're essentially leading Zuko back to the convent where Aang is, which I also hate. <laughs> um, and so then they all get back yeah. here to the convent where there is uh, for all, uh, uh, for all other things being considered here, there is a very good fight scene, I think. Yes. Uh, yeah. Team. Yeah, oh. and they and they get paralyzed by um the the shushu the mole can paralyze you with the touch of his tongue, and they get paralyzed by it. And then there's a nice moment where like I wouldn't say nice, it's funny where because um, <laughs> you know you can't feel anything, you're paralyzed temporarily. Saga's so like, oh, I have some feeling coming back. <laughs> And then, like, all oh, this tile, someone crashes a wall, and all this tile just falls on him. He's like, uh, he gets hit by the tile just as his feeling comes back. It's, I laughed at that part. It's the tile crash from that commercial show that we showed, like, in our second episode or so, where oh, yeah, Zuko one. gets flung yeah. up against the wall by a blast of air, and then those tiles, which you don't see in the commercial, obviously, fall and hit, uh, fall and hit Sokka in the head. Um, I do yeah. have to step backwards because there is one other small scene I like, but I forgot to put in here. Is that the the Shirshu and June and Suko and Iroh go through the fortune teller village, whatever the name of that village is, and uh, mm-hmm. the fortune teller lady <laughs> looks at Iroh and she's like, "Care to have your fortune read, handsome?" <laughs> <laughs> and then, but then it gets really deep. He's like, "No, nah, at my age, there's only one great mystery left, and I'd just as soon leave it a mystery." And it's just a really nice, yeah. cute, like five seconds of scene. <laughs> they that... also go back to the. They also go back to the old lady. Oh, and the yeah, old lady, crazy old like, medicine lady with the cat, and she's like, yeah. "This is Flufferkins or whatever the cat's name is. You've been causing trouble with the Fire Nation again." <laughs> yeah, again, being the keyword, that's fantastic. So, not stuff they really needed to put in there, maybe filler, but th- they were pretty cute little, like five second chunks of of scene. So, there is a really great yeah. fight scene. Um, the that, fight scene is great. And it's it's quite it's pretty long too. I think I clocked it at like three minutes of just pretty solid action from beginning to end. 
when in the end they essentially use the sheer shoe i keep forgetting his name they use its sense of smell against it by dumping all this perfume that again conveniently <laughs> conveniently, uh, conveniently <laughs> these nuns happen to have sitting all around the convent and they start dumping it all out and it drives the sheer shoe sheer shoe crazy and so the fight doesn't end maybe as exciting as the rest but it is a good fight scene uh, very redeeming quality to the episode sure. and then they decide they're going to go to the north pole together and that's basically that whole episode yeah uh and i feel like also, i feel like ang doesn't really apologize like he does but it's more like you know like uh like i'm not really sorry but i'm sorry kind of like it's like i don't want to i don't want to feel the guilt of what i did and so i'm gonna play it really coolly like here you go guitarra Here's your necklace. I call that. And then she kisses him like. Yeah, what the heck? What a weird way for a first kiss to you. That was weird. Um, yeah. On behalf of Zuko too, by the way, she's not really kissing him. She's kissing Zuko. Thanks. Yeah. Necklace. I hope that, I hope this is not where the the Zutara Ugh. fandom people. happened started. No, those I think people, it started episodes earlier. Those people need to accept that you are defined by the choices you make. And they need to move on. Those um, people are probably half the people watching this. You know, they're the <laughs> other ten people. <laughs> they're watching, like, hoping that we're going to support these crazy conspiracy theories. Well, we yeah. might, but probably not. Um, no, I, I really don't. I kind of really don't like Zutar because it doesn't yeah. make any sense to me. I, I don't but... I don't mind that uh, people create this sort of headcanon. I think that's great. But, yeah, that's not, not what I support. Um, I, call that, <laughs> I call Aang's thing a guy-pology which is like when two guys get in a fight and they don't really want to apologize, but you try to still like be cool with each other. Like you make the effort to make things cool yeah. without ever saying that you're sorry. That's a guy apology. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I went ahead and put our scores in next. I figured we'd do the scores for this one and then move on to the next episode. So I'm going to hit yes. your scores if you are ready to offer them. All right. Audio visual seven and a half. Um, it, there wasn't much going on in really, I think, until the fight scene. Um, the fight scene was great. I mean, we got um, we got a lot of opera action in this episode, which I really liked. And the Aang versus Zuko was there was kind of like two fights within that. So I think the directing of the fight scene was great. Um, got to see a lot of actual martial arts in there, so that was cool. Um, so yeah, so Audio Visual gave it a seven and a half out of ten. When it comes to story, I gave it a six. I did really love the Sokka stuff, um, but that wasn't enough to just outweigh that I really hated the Aang stuff in this episode. Like, it's just it's just him being a terrible person, terrible friend, and I don't think he really learns from it. Like, if I was him, like, when he goes through and opens up his, tries to open up his seven chakras, and, like, he gets to a certain chakra that's, like truth and it's blinded by guilt i don't know what it is but there's something blinded by guilt and the guilt he was holding was like leaving um <laughs> leaving the airbenders on the like no your guilt should have been that you gonna separate your friends from their father <laughs> you should feel guilty about that <laughs> i don't have a family you but... guys don't either <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> uh so story sits then on to memorable. This is one episode. I'm sorry, I'm snappy. I'm trying to get my dog out of the bathroom. I could not decide. I had these stories made up in my head as to what you're snapping at, and none of them were that one. That's good enough. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, proceed. Oh. 
this is one episode where I often don't mind skipping. Like, I I like this episode less than The Great Divide, I think. I, I forgot just how much good the saga stuff was, but still, 5 out of 10. It's my probably my least favorite episode. Very fair enough. So, it gives us to a 6.4 out of 10. Um, and yeah, not to give away any spoilers for the future, but that's pretty low on the old list. Uh, audio visual, I went 7.5, which I think is what you did. Um, there yep. was, there was not a ton of, uh, great sounds or anything in this, but you do, like I said, you kind of get flashes of a lot of different things. All these old callbacks to these other towns, seeing the sheer shoe, like seeing smells in color. That was kind of fun. And the mm-hmm. fight scene was very detailed animation. We get a lot of good fight scenes in Avatar. Some are more detailed in their animation and background and everything and their texture, I guess, than others. And I felt like the, this one was very good. So honestly, if anything, I would have put this higher other than that. It just uh, not not like any epic music scores or anything. It really boils down to one good fight scene. So seven and a half story. I gave six and a half um, again, very after school, especially maybe it's more interesting to somebody who is, you know, like 15 years younger than we are. Uh, but at this point, yeah, it's very frustrating and it's very full of conven- uh, conveniences that are necessary to fit it together. So I guess it just feels a little bit like lazy storytelling. So um, if I could go back, I might even drop that down a hair. Lift audiovisual up a hair, story down a hair, it all balances out, whatever. Memorable, six. The only reason I mem- uh, remember it at all is because of Bato and June. Um, I can't remember yeah. the Sheer Shoe thing's name, but I do like June. Um, I think it's just the Sheer Shoe. Uh, oh, no, it's Nala. Nala, that's it. Nala, yeah. And then um, yeah. I like seeing Bato, and that—that's the only reason I remember this episode. All is, is that they—that they're present. Um, even the good Sokka stuff, like it's not something that would stick out to me. Like if you show me the name of this episode, yeah. I'm not gonna be like, oh yeah, Sokka's yeah. real good in that episode. I'm gonna be like, oh, that's the one where they meet Bato. Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. uh, in the end, pretty close to your score, maybe a little higher. Yeah. Not not a great episode. Go ahead and. It's not necessary. If you got to skip an episode or two, you can skip this one. Averages out to a 6.5. That's pretty low on our side. It is pretty low. But on the bright side, that brings us yeah, to... Yeah, I did... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I did forget. Uh, we didn't really... I didn't really pay June that much money. I did really like her as a character. I liked her char- character design. I like her shoe shoe. And she does show up again in the series. And she's, she's a cool character. Yeah, she's kind of a nice short term what would the term be like anti-hero like she's not she is the bad guy here but not anti-hero is not right um she is the bad guy yeah, here but she's, she's not necessarily a, she's a mercenary that's really all she is uh she works for money yeah um it, well in actuality she's a bounty hunter so kind of the same also thing. yeah also she was she was she was mm-hmm. ba and she was funny like when when they get into the the bar they're like oh we need you like oh she's and she's like just won a huge gambling thing so she had all this like money she's like oh no I'm really short on cash right now and then it just says drinks for everybody and then also like that it oh. wasn't because of her unreal abilities like she had the sheer shoe and I like how the sheer shoe operated that was very cool but it's not like because she was like an amazing martial artist or had like her own super powerful bending or anything like she was a pretty ordinary person that knew how to. Uh, that had a real good connection with essentially her giant, uh, giant dog, <laughs> yeah. her her large mole pet. So yeah, I also kind of like that. Yeah. She is a she's a BA, but not 
not for sort of unfair reasons, I guess. So, um, yeah, but like I said, it's point is it's not a great episode and I think you can skip it and you really won't miss anything other than maybe those two characters. Uh, but the light at the end of the tunnel is a more interesting episode, which is episode number 16 that comes next and it is called the deserter. Uh, so obviously you don't need a synopsis, Chris, why don't you go ahead and take it away? <laughs> yeah. So, um, Aang, they're like in a fight, Aang and the crew, they're in a fire nation colony at, the, it's still in the earth nation, but it's just a fire nation, earth kingdom, but still a fire nation colony. And they come across a fire nation festival and Aang is like, Hey, you know, there'll be nice firebenders there. I can finally learn firebending. And for some reason they go along with it, even though it seems like it's way out of their, like, like that's not the plan. What a horrible <laughs> idea. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, yeah, so so they get there. They meet, they, Katara gets, like, there's a magic show or something, and Aang thinks she's in trouble. So Aang outs himself as the Avatar, and they run. And then this, like, weird guy <laughs> helps him out. And then they meet Jung Jung, the deserter, who used to be an admiral or a commander, general. I guess, a, or general. I forget, yeah, I forget what he says, but the <laughs> yeah. crazy guy. And then, yeah, and the saga's like, we get it. He was highly ranked. <laughs> I, love, then, <laughs> I love the crazy guy. I forget his name, but the crazy guy that brings him up there. He's, uh, he's a myth. No, a legend. He's he a, was the <laughs> first man to defect from the Fire Nation to live. I was the second, but you don't get to be a legend for that. <laughs> it's okay, though. That's okay, then, though. Yeah. <laughs> I love that guy throughout this whole episode. Oh man. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I just really like that guy. Yeah. Um so then and he's like, Great, you know, this this great master will be able to teach me firebending. And uh, and then the guy comes back to him and was like, nah, he won't teach you. He he just tell you're not ready. Like from the way you walked in camp. <laughs> 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 no judgment. Yeah, very judgmental. And then Aang gets kind of like, like, no, I have to go talk to him. So Aang goes talks and, and goes and talks to him. And then John Jung is like a walking fortune cookie. <laughs> like it, it all, is. It, but it all sounds good. It it's like Aang is like you have to teach him. Overdone, but he does. It's a little it, overdone. But they do a nice job of making it all sound very, very sort of crisp and clear and not too floaty. Unfortunately, yeah. yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. But like what he says makes sense. Like, Aang is like, I know, you know, like, you have to teach me. Like, it's my destiny to learn fire, fire bidding. He's like, destiny? What does a child know of destiny? If a fish swims in a river, does he know his destiny? Does he know the river's destiny? No, he cannot see the river goes out into the ocean. <laughs> it's, I really should. I should just grab that clip. You know, what, if I can find it, I might grab that clip and put it in here because that's a pretty good little, little chunk yeah. of explanation on destiny. Good work. Yeah, no. Good work, yeah. John. Um, if I can find it, I'll <laughs> snip it in right here. And I think this is the scene where he goes on to be like, no, you need to learn water first because water is cooling and soothing. And then you need to learn earth because earth is stable and it's firm you know but fire fire is alive like fire grows it breathes like it expands it destroys 
You, you're kind of glossing it over Which, a little bit. I don't think he says do that first. I think he basically says you do those things, and I'm still not going to teach you firebending. Like, I think he kind of yeah, straight no, up yeah. refuses. All, like, no, he does. Not, not, just, yeah. not just now, but going forward. He's like, you're not going to learn firebending, period. He's very – he's kind of harsh yeah, on firebending. And then, uh... <laughs> no, he is. Very harsh. I mean, I mean man, he's, he's firebender. Um then, and then we get a glimpse of Avatar Roku, which I love the scene because you know he's pretty much Zhang Zhang just talking down to Aang like, "No, you do not get it. You are too weak." And then right at the moment, like it goes dark and then light, one and then candle. Yeah, they Roku show like just... one candle, and Roku kind of appears behind it almost. Yeah, and Roku just says, "You think I am weak? I have mastered the elements a thousand times, and I will master them a thousand times over." You will teach the avatar firebending, and then like he, it's it's very much. I'm pretty sure they went for some biblical, um, some biblical equivalent here because he burns the bush and everything. <laughs> like this is literally a burning bush telling coming down from the freaking spirit of the world, <laughs> telling someone to teach this messiah type figure to do something like. There's, there's a touch of epic in there, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I do have, I wouldn't say an issue with this. It's just a, it's either a um, a mis, not a misconception. It's just a, I can't think of the word I'm looking for. Dis, discontinuity from here, because Roku says that he's mastered the elements a thousand times in a thousand lifetimes. All right, we know first Avatar, spoiler if you haven't seen Korra, whatever. Uh, we know the first Avatar is Juan, which was 10,000 years ago. <laughs> we know that. That's fat. Uh, I don't know the average lifespan of an Avatar, but it's probably about 100 years, give or take. And so that is only 100 Avatars. <laughs> I, I would just chalk that one up to a literary, uh, a literary device, you know, just figure yeah. of speech. Yeah. Um, no, that's saying. fine. His, his math yeah. is bad. Is that why you like, rated him low in your avatar rankings? Like, <laughs> yeah, bad yeah, because Roku's math is terrible. <laughs> He's the worst. Not, not good at data analytics. Not Roku. Yeah. Come on, come um, on, Roku. Anybody can do that math. I mean, Kyoshi alone lives to be two hundred thirty. I was, it's at most a hundred avatars. Top. Um, yeah, but I'll chalk it up to literary device. But yeah, I, I would say actually, I, this scene kind of made me rethink you know how one of your one of your pros for Korra is that in theory every avatar kind of has the foundation of all of the avatars before them i don't know if i'm i don't want to i don't want to put words in your mouth but yeah well that that i think she is the strongest avatar because within are, is that where you get into like within the avatars is all their past lives and that's what the avatar state is yeah well yeah um not necessarily Oh, were you getting sort of? I was just getting that was a point that you made was because like she's the next in the line of avatars and they always have that sort of um, presence of every avatar before them in the avatar state. Uh, but this did make mm -hmm. me think a lot that and uh, a lot about that and how, like, yeah, in a sense. But if he literally has to relearn it, like he's Roku is fully aware as an avatar that you relearn it in every single avatar lifetime. Like it doesn't sound like. I don't know. It doesn't sound like you really get to build on any of the previous 
avatar presence or beings or whatever like you're still your own individual human being now in the avatar state you might have access to all yes. of them but i don't know if that yeah it's only yeah it's only in the avatar state that you have access to all their power and knowledge but even uh okay in the avatar state if you do have that access i can see that so in the avatar state yeah. I, was, I can see that argument okay that's, that's why ang in the first episode knows how to water bin in the avatar state but he didn't know how to do it just by himself because all his past lives still had a water bend. It just made me think a lot about the like the avatar still having to be their own totally individual human beings. Um, yeah, I mean, they, 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 they definitely do. So well, regardless, um, it's a cool scene there. When, <laughs> so then Roku goes away after this like crazy, dramatic, angry scene. And then Aang's <laughs> just like, great. <laughs> like it's just yeah. stupid, happy Aang again. That's yeah. Cause John Dong, John Jong still sees Roku's like, fine, I will teach you. And then it goes back to being that. <laughs> and then, yeah, Aang says, great. And then John Jong is like, Ugh, you're not Roku. Like, <laughs> I hate this. I can already right tell this is going to be a pain. <laughs> Literally. But apparently, Roku seemed like he was going to threaten my life or something. <laughs> uh, Roku was pretty pissed. Really pretty pissed. Yeah. Like gosh, caught him weak one time. Guy throws a fit. <laughs> can't take, can't take a joke, Roku. At least, it, at least it wasn't Kyoshi. Kyoshi would have killed him right there. Like, you don't call him. justice. <laughs> Everybody like they wouldn't say they give Kyoshi crap, but they always talk about like she's like bloodthirsty. <laughs> but I don't, I don't think she's Which, that. Yeah, I think that's a bloodthirsty. I think that's headcanon exaggeration. If you, I, I do too. Like, sure, just because she was fine with killing people, like. All most avatars are fine with killing people. She, yeah. Well, I think Yang Chen. We had the same thing. There's just like less evidence, but like yeah. she was totally cool killing people. And she was an Airbender. Yeah, she was she supposed was to be uh, from what I would stereotype as the, uh, I guess the peaceful nation, if you will, or at least yeah. the most pacifist nation. And she killed people. Whatever, don't matter. But, anyways. But Kyoshi kills one person on screen, and people just label her as a bloodthirsty person. Then. <laughs> Jeez. You can't even kill a person without being judged around here. God. Uh, she did. When she says, I killed Chin the Congress, she does sound like pretty like happy with herself. I don't want to say happy with herself, just like proud i guess no, let's say like even if like, it's not proud there's no shame whatsoever like i did no this. shame yeah yeah i don't like, know if heck it's yeah i killed him he was gonna like why why are you not killing people eh? like <laughs> would you would have killed him too if you were doing your job ang yeah <laughs> uh anyway <laughs> we got to walk on the tangent there uh, that's fine i like any discussion about the previous avatars yeah that's all this one <laughs> Um, so, so Zhao teaches Aang and, and I, even when he's teaching him, I love when he's teaching him, it's like pretty much just like stances, like that's it. Like just work on your stances and work on your breathing. You got to be quiet. And Aang keeps talking. And then like Zhao's like, you listen, you see that girl over there practicing? She's quiet. Cause she knows she has to concentrate. Even that oof over there is quiet fishing. <laughs> <The over there. laughs> then... Hey. <laughs> yeah. So it takes like, hey. a second to respond. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it takes it a minute to dawn. Poor Sokka. Uh, um, I love. Hang is just. Hang is like, just so. 
I, I love the part where he's like, I've been standing and breathing all day. <laughs> it's like, he wanted yeah. to stop breathing. Stop. <laughs> exactly. Like, John Chong is one of those, like, perfect teachers in, like, a Kung Fu movie. Like, he doesn't care about your feelings. He doesn't, like, it's just hard work. I Miyagi here teach you sweep, and that's it. I don't care how you feel about it. Jong uh, yeah. Jong is great. Maybe, like I said, maybe a little over the top, but again, we're talking about a kid show. Over the top is fine. Yeah, but Aang is so he's so impatient, oftentimes. Uh, but finally, he finally he does learn some patience, and uh, and John John does say like, oh, I had a pupil once who who also didn't want to do the basics. Like he also didn't. He just wanted to no firebending so he can defeat his enemies like firebending is kind of well he doesn't say it's more than that but he just he just says you know his old people just wanted to defeat his enemies to clear the so finally from his path yeah yeah so Aang finally like agrees and john john teaches some actual firebending and i do love this this technique he, he gave him a leaf and he put like a hole in it and it's like just keep the cinders right there like they can't they go too far, don't let it burn the leaf, essentially. Like, that's... And the way John John talks about firebending, even though we come to learn that it's it's not the right way of firebending, and there's a... in future episodes, but it just makes so much sense. Like, no, like, firebending isn't about... When you're trying to teach someone firebending, it isn't about, like, how to just blast everything. It's about how to contain that, because fire just spreads and grows. Like, it's... That's a legit concern. There's a very deep message in that leaf. Yeah. But then John John goes away and uh and Aang figures out how to just like turn the fire right on and he's just playing with it. He's literally playing with fire. Like <laughs> and uh he <laughs> and he in playing with it, like Charles like warning him, like, Hey, you should be careful, like you shouldn't be doing all these techniques and stuff. She, he burns Katara's hands, and Katara cries about it. John Jong, like, tells him to leave. He won't train him anymore. Um, Sokka gets mad. He, like, throws Aang to the ground. And these are, to me, these are two terrible Aang episodes back-to-back. They really are. Aang is not yeah. good in this one, either. <laughs> now, it's more palatable. Yeah. He's better in this one. Uh, maybe more relatable, like we've all been impatient before. But, yeah. I, yeah. Uh... <laughs> He's definitely better in this. I don't. I don't hate him in this episode. Yeah, but it's like, not. It's. I did hate the impatience part, but it's not a great. But I, I get that more. Yeah. You want to stop? Yeah, and then we learn that Katara can heal. <laughs> I love that part so much. <laughs> oh no, it's great. Um, so I didn't mean to interrupt as you're actually trying to move forward. Yeah, so Katara instinctively put her hands in water, and she uh, learns to heal herself. And then John John says, "Like I've always uh, been envious of you know certain waterbenders have this ability to heal themselves, like such a great thing to put onto the world." And and uh, but she says, oh, "But you're a great master." It's like, well, you know, water, fire is just destruction. It's not like what you have, essentially. So Katara's are good, yay. Aang Aang gets forgiven immediately. We know. Again, Actions no of his apology. Own. Well, more of an apology <laughs> this time, but not only because only because he likes Katara. Yeah. Let's be honest. If and was, at least if it was Sokka, he wouldn't apologize. And at least there there is ramifications to this. Like he he can't firebend after this until he goes and 
and learns to chew away at fire being like he continues to hold on to this guilt of burning katara um so that is good they handled that much better i think in this episode but even like, then he acts like such it, a child is like, no never firebending again ever like all right you had one accident chill out kid you're the avatar you're gonna firebend yeah, yeah. yeah. stop being I, a selfish I, child i'm i I'll let it pass because I really love the guru episode where he goes through and goes through and, uh, f- and uh, freeze clears all his chakras. I, I do, yeah. but I, it's, it, no, it yeah, just yeah. builds to it not being a great aim. It's he, not, a, not a he, great he immediately went from like, I want to firebend everything to, I will never firebend again. Like, a I was child. like Hey, calm down, buddy. She's yeah. fine. You need to take a chance. You need even if she didn't heal herself, like you still have to learn all elements to defeat the Fire Lord. Like, yeah, you need to find some gray area, Aang. It's gonna be okay. Um, but no, Aang has no gray area. All black and white with him. Um, no. But yeah, at least in this case, it's forgiven, and there's an apology. And my dog's in the background here. Sorry. <laughs> and then we get to see the a, a thrilling unfolding of Zhang Zhang in this former pupil that he had referenced earlier and it had already kind of revealed to us who it was. Yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah, as he was talking about that pupil, they showed a picture of Zhao, uh, images of Zhao and um, embarking on finding them. And it's clearly Zhao. Um, so yeah, so this first teach, this first moment where Zhao gets reunited with Zhang Zhang, like Zhang Zhang does a great fire beating technique. Like just brings up a huge freaking wall of fire I just show how freaking powerful he is, but he, even though he's powerful, he doesn't attack. Like he's, he doesn't do that anymore. And Zhao says that, like he says, like calm down, people. Like my teacher hasn't. I forget the terminology he used. <laughs> my teacher hasn't. I don't know. Attacked someone in years. He gave up that a long time ago. Calling him out, just calling him a coward. However he words it, which I also forget. Yeah. But it does lead, so yeah, Zhang Zhang throws up this insane wall of fire, and then him and like the whole camp totally disappears, but then it leads to this fantastic, another pretty excellent fight. It's kind of a fight scene uh, with Aang and Zhao. Yeah. Oh, it definitely is. Um, yeah, Aang being the, um, the quick one, being the one who's all about like evading, Facing against Zhao, who is so freaking just one track mind of just attack, attack, attack with fire, ends up burning his whole fleet of ships without, you know. And I love the part where, so, he, you know, Aang is just avoiding him. Also, Aang is taunting the crap out of Zhao. Like, He's talking some my favorite great one. trash. Like, yeah. I expected <laughs> you to be better than Zuko. <laughs> yeah. So Which he's bad. not kind of harsh like they'll make anyone admiral these days <laughs> that was it and there's there's <laughs> at least one more that is pure trash and uh it's pretty yeah. high quality it's it's draymond green quality stuff but more more family friendly yeah yeah um so then after a while you know ang just like stops right in front of him, like i've won this fight <laughs> and then Zhao's like you haven't landed a single punch and then Aang is like, no, but you did. And it's, it's one of those great, like, I'm smarter than you, wiser than you type of moment. Like, Jai would never be able to beat Aang. Like, this was, this was, just shows how clear, what clear difference there are between the two of them. Oh, we didn't even mention the part where Zhang Zhang and Zhao are talking. And Zhang Zhang 
it's this is important. It leads up to it. He's like, uh, don't fight the kid. I have <laughs> never seen such raw power. And this is yeah. right before it leads up to this fight. And in my head, that's important because it it builds it up even more in Zhao's mind. Like, yeah, watch this. I think I can handle a child mm-hmm. or whatever. And that, and then it becomes even yeah. more important to this strategy of, um, you know, Zhao's trying to take on this immense raw power, but immense raw power is just jumping <laughs> around from ship to ship. I don't, it sort of plays yeah. into what Aang really is even more so, and it's very exciting build up to that fight. So I love that part too. That's very important. Yep. Um, yeah. So that's pretty much the. The, that's pretty much the end of the episode, and yeah, then I, they hop on Appa again. Aang gets and one more shot Angus, in, I believe. Aang he did get have it. fun walking home or have fun swimming home or something. He gets one more, like, bird oh, yeah. in on his way out. Yeah, and then I his... probably didn't hear that because I was just watching the episode, and I probably ended it at that point. Oh, tsh, crazy. <laughs> because then you also miss the crazy guy at the end, so the whole camp is gone. But just that one crazy <laughs> guy is left. He's like, yeah. where is everybody? Come on, guys. Like... <laughs> I don't know what else he says. I, like he thinks he's being punished you know, or something. Yeah, I don't remember what he says. It's just good, good, uh, happy little cap on the end of the episode thing. And then yeah, they hop on Appa and find out that uh, Katara shares that she finds out she has this ability. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, she heals Aang for the first time, and it won't be the last time. And then Sokka and then Sokka like... Force is like, <laughs> it's like we've had this ability the whole time. What about that time that I got <laughs> that I got a fishing hook stuck in two, my finger? Two fishing hooks stuck in his finger. Yeah, yeah. Two fishing hooks. Like, why? How'd you get two fishing hooks stuck in my finger? Well, I tried to get the other one out. Yeah, <laughs> the first one out. It's like, <laughs> it reminds me of oh gosh, this would have came out before that. Uh, Talladega Nights, and uh, <laughs> when. And Ricky Bobby stab himself with a knife to prove that he's paralyzed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those two are the same, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then and then they're like uh Earl Duncan Jones, I think is his name, who has passed away since, since this movie came out, is like, All right, we're gonna get the knife out. He's like he puts in another knife he's and trying then to wedge it out. Will Vera's like knife. two knives? <laughs> yeah, we're gonna wedge it out. <laughs> Right, so I should, earlier I said this was two bad Aang episodes and two good soccer episodes. This is a good soccer episode, but in a different way. <laughs> yeah. Um, he does he does get really defensive <laughs> yeah. of Katara after Aang burns her. Like you get to see. A I'm very, fine with it. I mean, yeah. it, it was a little too much, but I mean, Aang is holding his hands out and he pushes him yeah. off because I mean, he doesn't know he might not be able to control his fire bending. Yeah, it's just another good, good revealing character stand up for his sister. So it's still, it's a good Sokka episode, um, even in a not as good a way as the last one. But um, yeah, a nice way to end. Very happy, and that's the end of the episode. So let's go to some ratings. Yeah. All right, let's uh, scroll through these. Uh, Io Visual seven and a half. Um, I think it that Roku reveal was amazing. Loved it, and then good. the the fight on the bridge. And then when Aang, even when Aang starts to fire Ben, like the music changes, um, which is a music that's never associated with Aang, but it's like the fire bending music, and I just really enjoy that that they build up that tension that he was going to do something stupid. I'm not sure. So yeah, so give that a seven and a half. Catch. So give that a seven and a half out of ten. Story, I could have I could have gone lower for this, but I just liked all the 
the theory and stuff on water bending, on on, di- on different bending styles and what they provide, and why Aang has to do it in this order. I think I was probably a little, maybe too generous to this, but I really loved all the aspects. Anytime you can get to talking about the elements and what they mean, uh, even if they're not correct, it's how you might interpret it. Um, I just really love that. So gave that, even though, and also hated Aang's part. Yeah, hated Aang being kind of self, being uh, impatient. Yeah, but still a few bad Aang uh, Yeah, seven and a half out of ten on that. Then memorable. Yeah, this is eight because I mean. I really like John Jong as a character. We I mean these past two episodes, we met two two characters that comes funny. They come back at the same time um, oh, towards the end of the yeah. series. Oh, that's exciting! And uh, yeah, and also John Jong is he's a member of a certain society. Um, so yeah, he comes back and it's a lot of information. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but just love being introduced to John Jong. Love the Avatar Roku. Anytime any Avatar has come back, that's always one of my t- some of my top moments. Um, so yeah, so give that an eight out of ten. Comes out to seven point six. It's a pretty respectable score, absolutely. Uh, let me see. We're very close on both episodes, or at least like on the same kind of curve. Uh, seven point five. Same things you mentioned. I probably, if I go back, I'd take this up maybe another half a point because I didn't catch like the music changes or anything. Um, there's a lot of great, interesting yeah. firebending in here. It's probably not the most diverse episode, but uh, seven and a half, eight, whatever. It's good audiovisuals. Story, I dropped a little bit because of uh, two, maybe two main issues. And first, it's that not not only is Aang not great in this episode, but I also I really hate that he gives himself away at the fire festival. Like I hate that he gets them to go to the fire festival. Yeah, like he talks them like... into it. Um, and then I hate that he gives himself away up on stage for such a stupid reason. Like <laughs> she was not in any danger, and I feel like Aang should have known that i don't so that made me mad and then the other thing that makes me mad <laughs> is uh we keep uh episode time and time and time again we we try to build Zhao up and somehow Zhao just keeps getting promoted he has never done anything <laughs> right ever he's not he, he can't beat suko he's got all these archers on his side he can't even beat suko again and now he can't beat ang like why, how does this guy keep getting work i don't understand uh but other than that uh, other, which may be a little too harsh, but other than that, I really do love Zhang Zhang. Uh, I love the crazy guy. It's not a great standalone story. Like it, it's one of those that fits much better in the larger scope of just binging through a season. And it sticks out in a good way, um, but it's a good story. And then memorable seven point five, mostly there again because I really like Zhang Zhang and the crazy guy. And as you mentioned, he's just a he's a a veritable smorgasbord of great <laughs> wisdoms. And so this one does stick out in my mind. I can't always remember. I'd rank it higher, but I can't necessarily always remember uh, like Zhao's pieces or the Fire Festival. I just remember sort of Zhang Zhang as a character and his interactions with Aang. Otherwise, I'd yeah. rank it a little higher. Oh, the, the, uh, the Zhao and the Fire Festival, I remember the the, the guards <laughs> that were running it. They were like, well, yeah, he got away. Yeah, but at least, you know, crime was down. Crime was and, down. There were no fights. <laughs> Yeah, there were no fights. And Zhao's like, I don't care about your local crime. And like I said, I would, uh, I would definitely rate the whole episode higher and memorable. If, but like I always forget all of that stuff kind of happens. Like I know that Zhao has a role, uh, but mostly when I think of this episode, I'm really just thinking of these interactions between Zhang Zhang and Aang. 
Um, but overall, 7.3, and that rates, I think that's kind of towards the middle of my pack, if uh, if I'm not mistaken. So together, came out with a 7.5, good strong score. I think we'd both recommend this episode, although it's probably not super easy to watch on its own, if that makes a sense, any sense. Um, yeah. But it's still a very good episode. Highly, highly recommend. And that is the conclusion of our two-for-one holiday episode i feel like we got to end with something holiday themed i got it i got it chris um, what is on your christmas list that is related to the avatar universe yeah you did ask me that before oh, but i do I... want this one book called i did well, well it wasn't i forgot i forget well you did but i forgot to i forgot this one thing was on my list was this uh, book called avatar legacy it's like a book written by ang for Tenzin, who is the son, to read. Damn, well, okay, whatever. And um, <laughs> I'm spoiling a lot, but who hasn't? Like, you, whoever's watching this has watched all of Avatar. If you're investing any they... time into what we're doing right here, you're pretty well versed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so it's, it's a book written by Aang. I mean, not in real life, we know that. But it's two Tenzin teaching him, <laughs> <What>? like, <laughs> it, it's two Tenzin. Teaching him, just showing him, like, hey, this is my life, and like, this is what happened, and stuff. Although it makes me more mad at Aang because it wasn't written to all three of his kids. <laughs> it was just to Tenzin. You know what? But. Maybe we should talk about Aang's uh, sometime, not tonight, but sometime we should talk about like uh, Aang's qualities as a father because I think he had a few misses as a dad. And, oh, and yeah, he definitely did. Husband. Yeah, That'll it's okay. Fun. You know, I'm actually. I'm actually fine with with some of his misses because it it humanizes him. Like a lot of times, Aang is like so. Even though this episode, I hate him in there. um, I think he's he's more so perfect. More of the time, he's perfect than being wrong. We need a few of these episodes in a in a sort of humbling way, and so yeah, sometime it'd be fun to look into Aang's. uh, Aang's, uh, just like a whole episode about Aang, maybe Aang after Avatar. We could do something like that. It'd be fun. Yeah. Or the untold Aang stories. That's yeah. real clickbaity. The, the Aang stories told somewhere else, but not in this TV series. Um, <laughs> yeah. right, and so that was called Aang Legacy. It's a, I think you can get a nice hardcover. It's got so. like a nice blue cover. It would look great on the shelf. I can picture yes. it. I haven't read it at all. But I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, it's like a it's like Aang at like twenty something, maybe thirty. I think he has a beard and he's walking with like Tenzin as like a young airbender. And it's uh looks like a nice piece of hardware. Anything else Avatar related on the Christmas list? I do not think so. Pretty sure I have like everything I need. Everything Aang related <laughs> you need or everything Avatar related you need. I did put yeah. I put um was it the the three books, uh, North and South, and the uh, what are the other two? There's like three. Um, there's books. the promise. The promise. There's the promise. The rift. Um, the search and the North search. and South. And North and South. Okay, I forgot the rift. That is the one that I forgot about. Um, the promise is the worst one, I think. Yeah. Um, I the other three are good. Interested. The search is the search is great. And I love so the search. I'm kind of the least interested in that, only in the way that we've talked about it enough that I have a pretty good idea of what happens. <laughs> yeah. Not that that's a bad thing, just in terms of getting it and reading it. Um, so North and yeah. South and the Rift, worth is one one I was forgetting to put on there. I've got those on my list. 
and uh, yeah, the rift is about the rift is about um, it's kind of the rift between mm-hmm. Toph and Aang's relationship. And then the other thing that I what did have on there, but now I got it, is I did get the Legend of Korra set, so now I can binge the whole way through on one of these fine vacation holidays. Um, oh, and then the last question I was going to ask you. I think when we originally talked about the Avatar live action on Netflix, I don't think at the time we knew if it was going to be a movie or a series. Am I mistaken in saying that we have, we sort of have confirmation that's a, a series? Yeah, yeah, am I, am definitely. Yeah, it would be a series. Okay, I don't know that we knew that yeah. initially right out. I think there was just speculation, but I think now we know it's a series. And I'm pretty happy because today I watched the live action uh, Bleach on Netflix. I know we're talking. About, I know we're talking about two totally different worlds. Uh, no, I, I watched it purposely just to kind of get a sense of how I think Avatar might be. I was thinking. The same I was going to review, but I, just, then I was kind of like two weeks late. Uh, I just wanted this sense of what what kind of quality are we dealing with in terms yeah, of Netflix's yes. live action. I, after I watched it, I decided there's very little we can learn because we're talking about one is a movie versus another is a series. One is such hardcore manga material whereas avatar was built to be a cartoon like uh but it's all i'm saying is that it's good that they're gonna be that we shouldn't judge them together because i did not really like bleach all that much and i do like bleach the cartoon um i've seen probably most, i never i never really watched it. probably most of really? bleach yeah. i have seen um it's a lot mm-hmm. but the only um, once it's not i think something i, I, I like through multiple times religiously but it's yeah. something i'm familiar with and i do enjoy and I was not very I liked happy it enough. with the Netflix adaptation. It was okay. I, sh- yeah. I struggle with I struggle with dubs because you lose a lot of uh, sort of dynamic ambient sound, and mm. it makes the whole movie feel very thin. So I do struggle with dubs, and that kind of hurts my perception in a way that's not fair. I get that, but um, anyway, Bleach is out there live action, and we do know that Avatar: The Last Airbender is going to be a series, not a movie. Weird way to end it, but that's what I got. Yeah, I mean. I'm, I'm, and right now, Netflix is like diving deep into anime. Like they're hitting Very that hard. button hard. Like they're gonna have they're making they're making a live action Cowboy Bebop movie um, or series. I'm not sure if that would be a series or a movie. I that's I keep uh, seeing these things that, it, like Bleach. I didn't know it was a movie until I clicked into it and, and turned it on. Like I didn't realize until I played it today that it was a movie and not a series. Um, so yeah, Cowboy Bebop. <laughs> I have no idea which one it is, uh, movie or series. And then they're hard. Yeah, and then they're bringing back. Uh, they'll have Neon Genesis Evangelium something. Uh, our Even friend Gallium. Robert told me it was one of the best animes. Yeah, Evangelium, Evangelium something Evangelium. like that. I don't know how to say. I've that. never watched it before, but they'll have the whole series on there. Uh, our friend Robert told us told me that it was like one of the best animes. So I have to watch that. I never watched that before. But yeah, they're and they have some other good animes on there too. Roberto told you that. Yep. No kidding. Okay, I'll have to watch it. Okay, uh, I was just about to ask you. Um, so I like Fairy Tale, but I've watched all that. Um, I've I, never watched. I really like Fairy Tale. It's my kind of lighthearted material, I guess. Um, Seven Deadly Sins. I watched a little bit of that because I heard it was very highly touted. I'm not as engaged in that one. So uh, someone told me it was great, and then I watched. Oh, I've I've watched like five maybe six episodes i was like i don't get it like Same. I'm, i told somebody and... i told somebody it's like i love fairy tale and they're like you should watch seven deadly sins 
I see why the comparison is there, but it's like, if I like Fairy Tale because it's here on the spectrum, then Seven Deadly Sins is like way too far in that, I don't know, way too far beyond it on whatever little spectrum of anime that I enjoy. Um, But that's just me. So, hey, if you have any suggestions, but I will do uh, Evangelion or Evangelion, whatever that is. Watch Uh, Attack on Titan. Uh, I haven't watched Attack on Titan yet, but I should. And also My Hero Academia, although that's not on Netflix. That's not. Oh, uh, but hey, I keep meaning to ask you if I can steal your Hulu password so I can watch it on there because I think it's all on there. And that is one that yeah, I'm Yeah, I mean, Hulu's a little harder. You might have to just watch it during specific times. I think Hulu's pretty, like, like a hardcore, and you can only have it up on one time. And my daughter watches Hulu here and there. So, like, probably like any time after 10.30, you could probably watch it. <laughs> but... after, after hours, Hulu time. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? If I'm stealing Hulu information, that's hard to argue. Um, but no, My Hero <laughs> Academia is one that I have long been interested in, but it is not available to me by regular means. But I think I will like it. Uh, yeah. X Men, I love it. it. Yeah, X Men's probably a cheap way to describe it. But that's the first thing I think of is a weird way of having X Men in its own special little world. Um, yeah. hey, like I said, that's a weird way to end, but good episode. <laughs> a nice holiday ending and thank you very much for tuning in uh, again this is chris the objective geek and that's the objective geek on youtube or you can go to my youtube <laughs> channel and also be directed to this fantastic <laughs> content and objective underscore geek on twitter right. and then my name is and Sean thanks Shea. to uh oh thanks to i now have 70 subscribers so 70 picked up some in the past couple of days and I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna try my best to, uh, I'm gonna try my best to funnel some more your way. Maybe we can turn you into a, a legit hundred subscriber. <laughs> That's a celebrity status, right? I know I there's it, guys I, out there like everybody I else so. has like five thousand subscribers. Well, we're gonna get you to a hundred. It's gonna like be amazing. Um, just hey, if if you start putting commercials in my videos, I'm not doing this with you anymore. I hate YouTube commercials so much. <laughs> I'm not going to the premium. I'm not paying for that. And I don't like commercials. I, 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 I don't. I don't have. I don't have the premium, but I did do the three month free thing, and I honestly don't need it. Didn't matter. That but I will we'll definitely cancel before. I will say that uh, when when we when uh, we turn your channel into like something celebrity status, everybody says that you don't make enough money off of the commercials anyway. That you just need sponsorship. So we just got to go find somebody who's rich and has a product to plug mm-hmm. and who loves Avatar to be a sponsor and mm-hmm. then we'll be like listen we don't even want your money just send us you know send us toys whatever um uh-huh. <laughs> sponsored by toys uh anyways that's uh the objective geek <laughs> on youtube objective underscore geek on twitter my name is sean shaler and just search sean shaler wherever you are and you're gonna find it it's gonna be great thanks for tuning in happy holidays <laughs>